What's up, minions? You're listening to That Slayer Show. I'm Madeline Gain. And I'm Kate Schroeder. This is Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs. Through the theme of caretaking. Madeline, did we get any new reviews since last time? <laughs> we did, Kate. Allow me to bless your ears. Sean Nakamura says, gripping is the only way I can describe this podcast. I look forward... <laughs> I look forward for new episodes of this podcast more than Joe Rogan's. And I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. It's hard to describe how much I've learned about Buffy. And I've developed a completely new appreciation for the show. The hosts do a phenomenal job explaining how relevant it is in today's sociopolitical climate. It continues to prove to showcase the timelessness of Buffy. <laughs> That's me providing commentary on our socio-political climate god he hit the nail right on the head <laughs> thanks sean okay what are we gonna do in today's podcast so first we'll start out with a one minute recap where we'll hurriedly go over what we remember then we'll transition into our theme of caretaking and where we saw it in the episode and then we'll talk about what we liked what we disliked and wrap it up with some advice for characters that we see fit. Perfect. All right, Keita. Three, two, one, recap. Okay, so Buffy and her mom are in the mall, and uh, Buffy like forgets to do something because this Gorge brother vampire is there. Um, she fights the Gorge vampire, and then he leaves. Xander and Cordelia are making out in the school closet. Right, and then in sex class or health class or bio class, they're being taught about abstinence, and they're given eggs to tell them about the bad things about sex. Um. Buffy wasn't there in health class, so she gets to parent this egg alone. And Angel and Buffy are making out at night. Then she comes home, and then the egg is, like, alive and, like, infiltrating her face while she sleeps. And then the next day, she and Willow are really tired, and Xander's like, I just boiled my egg. Right. And then um, Cordy and Willow are possessed by... Oh, wait. I missed so much. Okay. So then Cordelia... So it turns out these eggs are, like, um, alive, and then they're, like, little bazaars, and they're, like, possessing the uh, this hosts through neural clamping. Right. And there's a bazaar under the school, and all the possessed kids and people are, like, helping to free the bazaar. Including Giles and Joyce. And then um, they are... The Gorge Brothers show up as Buffy is trying to, like, defeat the bazaar and then they fight and then the bazaar is defeated by Buffy. I mean, I think we really came back. Gosh, every time I stumble in the middle, I lose my footing, I fall on my face. <laughs> but sometimes we 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 find our sometimes I get back up, you know? That's all you can do. It's really all you can do in the middle of a 1 minute recap. You're really inspiring, Madeline. Did we miss anything? God, um the Gorch brothers were really talked up a lot, but like weren't that big of villains. Agreed. Also, something that was not highlighted was the presence of Joyce's like she was really upping the harshness this episode on Buffy, really like buckling down on her parenting in kind of an extreme way. Yeah, not not a lot of listening going on there. Uh we mentioned that there's a lot of kissing going on. Yeah, that cannot be emphasized enough. A lot of kissing, especially between Angel and Buffy, but also Cordelia and Xander. Yeah, like good, good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, anything? This was this was a big old nothing episode. You know, I'll tell you what about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what, Madeline. When I was like eight, 
this was the very first episode of Buffy that I ever saw. This was the only episode that I saw when I was a child. Oh, God. I didn't start rewatching it until I was 20. Well, I didn't watch it for the first time, actually, until I was 20. So this episode, while it has, like, nothing going on, it has a special place in my heart. Obviously, these bazaars are really memorable because they're so disgusting and creepy. But I vividly remember watching Buffy find her egg opening. Oh, we didn't mention that in the recap. Buffy oh, um, yeah. watches her egg hatch and then she kills it with a pair of scissors. And it's pretty cool. And that was the scene that I remember from when I was like eight years old and thinking it was the coolest thing that this creature just like jumps out of this egg And instead of Buffy, like, screaming and, like, freaking out, she just is super calm. This is a huge surprise that this egg is, like, hatching (laughs) and there's, like, an alien inside of it. And she doesn't bat an eye. She just immediately kills it. And that was huge for my little baby mind. It was scary. But despite that, she still maintained her cool in the moment. Anyway, I digress. But. I just wanted to give that shout out to this episode. It gets a lot of, it doesn't get a lot of love. And I see that. I get that. (laughs) But it does have a special place in my heart. Where do you want to start with, uh, with our theme of caretaking? I would love to start with Joyce. So in this episode, Joyce is, as I mentioned, buckling down on her parenting. She, she grounds Buffy for being out in the middle of the night when she was, we know that she was like, hunting for the Gorch brothers but her mom doesn't know that so she grounds her and then at the end of the episode Joyce is also really like upset with Buffy for not being where she said she was anyway there's like a lot of shaming Buffy going on and not a lot of communication between the two of them while watching this episode through the theme of caretaking I realized that this could be a reaction to last episode Joyce and Buffy were abused by this man Ted that happened just recently and I wonder if Joyce as a parent is feeling really out of control is maybe questioning her own ability to parent her own judgment and I wonder if as a reaction to that she is to try to exert some control in her life trying now to control Buffy anyway that's kind of where I went Yeah, I think that's a great analysis pulling in sort of the whole fiasco with Ted, which is probably pretty shaking for both of them, and especially Joyce. I also just did some very superficial um, Googling about caretaking, and uh, what I found is, you know, a couple lines about being uh, a listener and a helper and creating hope and I think this was for caretaking ill people (laughs) but the thing that I got stuck on was the listening I think that's what was missing in Joyce's approach was the listening you know she doesn't really talk with Buffy about what's going on she just sees something assumes what's going on and makes a decision about it And I'm in no position to critique Joyce's parenting. But as a kid with parents who sometimes maybe I didn't feel listened to me, like I can come from that angle of, oh, if you would have listened, if I could have said everything, maybe it would have been different. Maybe, you know. And so I think that's maybe what was lacking in the caretaking in this episode. Absolutely. What I'm thinking about now, too, also as a 
person with parents <laughs> is the importance of consistency in caretaking and parenting specifically Joyce often seems very disengaged like we often there are whole episodes we don't see her she's out of town she's not usually like asking Buffy questions this is the first time that she's noticed Buffy was out past curfew even though we know that she is out most nights of the week looking for vampires and so I think what I didn't like about Joyce's episode was her freaking out on Buffy for just doing what Buffy has always done and like the unpredictability of that feels like a bad parenting move I'm kind of using parenting as a form of caretaking. Yeah. I agree. I'm not in a position to judge Joyce, especially in light of what just happened with Ted. But I really do think that those things might be related and that that is informing Joyce's actions this episode. Well, and also coming at it from this angle opens up space to be reminded about Joyce is doing this by herself and she's working and she has a gallery to run. And, you know, as much as, we would want her to sit down and talk with Buffy all the time. She's a single mom. And it, I think, is a little call to remember that Buffy's dad, and we don't know exactly why he's not in the picture all the time, if it's by choice or by a distance or for whatever reason, but clearly he's not taking on any of the burden of caretaking Buffy. And so I think that, you know, Joyce is probably really tired all the time. Yeah, I think thinking about that helps me have a little bit more empathy for her also. And what's and what's the system that makes Joyce's caretaking of Buffy by herself so difficult? The fact that it is so hard for them to get by, for any single parent to get by and provide everything with just their job. I don't know. And I'm thinking about how they do say it takes a village to raise a kid. Joyce and Buffy just moved to this new town. Joyce might not have the friendships or connections to enlist other people to like help her manage Buffy right and it's like she doesn't because they've just moved there because she's working so hard with her gallery she doesn't have the time or probably the energy to build this community of of caretaking with other adults like that could include Willow's parents and Xander's parents and Cordelia's parents right maybe if they were all you know I'm sure Xander and Willow's parents have a relationship like that but Joyce isn't a part of that yet. And, mm. oh, now I'm feeling bad for Joyce. <laughs> right. We can feel both. Like, she could, she was not a great parent in this episode, but that doesn't make her like, a bad person. We can know why someone's not doing a great job, but that doesn't mean they weren't doing a great job. Right. Where else did you see caretaking in this episode? So, I thought it was interesting. Obviously abstinence only sex education doesn't work but I thought it was really interesting that the school and I think lots of schools or educational institutions have done this but I think it's interesting that they're framing teen pregnancy as having the negative consequence of then having to caretake something right like the negative consequence of teen of being pregnant in your teens is that you have to then take care of a baby because they give the kids these eggs and I was just thinking what a first of all absence only education doesn't work and secondly they're not even teaching the kids the right thing like I imagine the worst part about getting pregnant as a teen is the shame that everyone is making you feel Mm. yeah I just what a 
what a weird way to portray caretaking. I don't yeah, know. It's like the caretaking is the punishment. And I would imagine that some people enjoy caretaking. Like that can bring a lot of meaning to a lot of people's lives. One positive aspect of caretaking is it takes the attention outside of yourself and you're like forced you you like are then useful to something else anyway i i do question the efficacy of this uh tactic of like trying to discourage teen pregnancy by like having them take care of eggs right and also i think it was lacking in something really key which is that caretaking often falls to women and you know a teen couple who gets pregnant However much people may recognize that the boy was a part of that, of course, the person who takes the burden of the shaman who then will take the burden of the child, if the child is born, is going to be the girl. And so I thought it was interesting how at the same time they were creating this, you know, false idea of, and then you will equally take care of this child when at the same time we have a great example in the episode of how that didn't happen because Buffy's mom is taking care of her by herself and... Oh my god, that's Ugh. so true. Weird uh <laughs> weird choice you made there. School walk us through that. <laughs> On that same note, I thought it was interesting that the only people who weren't affected by the bazaars were the worst parents, both Buffy and Xander, through their bad caretaking. That was what allowed them to escape possession by the bazaars i didn't know i mean and if if i'm if i'm trying to like get a meaning from that you know if i'm really digging i would say that like there is an element of randomness that comes with caretaking and even if you do everything right that doesn't you don't have total control over the thing you're caring for and like at a certain point you have to relinquish that control even if a caretaker does everything right the person they're caring for might not respond well to that caretaking and like that's just a reality and that's reflected in this episode right because even if Joyce were more attentive it would maybe be harder but Buffy would still be going out every night to hunt vampires she might rebel more it's hard to know there is no one size fits all for caretaking or parenting but take home and egg kids and don't have sex yeah interestingly also in your point about gender it's funny because Right, Willow had a partner, Cordelia had a partner, but we only see Willow and Cordelia with the eggs. I mean, obviously Xander had the egg, but I'm just wondering, what about Willow and Cordelia's partners? Like, why weren't they? Why weren't they taking care of the egg? Right, is there something beyond a plot device here at work? Genderals. <laughs> Xander was probably like, "Don't worry, I got this. Took it home, boiled, boiled it." it. <laughs> Don't you worry. I have to say I saw that and I was like, genius. Oh, okay. So I have one other little point about caretaking. At the end of the episode, we're not really sure, you know, how much people know about what happened to them. But it was kind of funny watching Giles struggle to be a caretaker to all these people. He was one of only a couple adults present. He was like, it was a gas leak. And what does he say? Get get some air and um and, and some good rest. <laughs> He's so it was so British and that was the best he could do is be like, have a cup of tea, go rest. And I mean, of course, what are you supposed to do in that sort of a situation? But still it was 
Right. Even without any memory of us of the event, he still assumed the role of caretaking just by default, I guess, from being a teacher. Like he has these other positions of authority. So he is the default caretaker in this moment. And he has some knowledge of the supernatural. He knows something fishy went on. Right. And and yet it's still like a tough thing. He's not really sure how to be like soft and loving with these students who are looking pretty traumatized. Clearly, he only cares about like a couple of these students, namely Buffy, Willow, maybe Xander, maybe not. And then these other students are just like, oh, right. Um, Like get some rest and drink some water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then in that same scene, just real quick, we also see Xander by nature of his not having been possessed, doing his best to take care of his friends. Also, are you guys okay? Yes, Xander. It was about the extent of it. Yeah, go Xander. This actually, uh, as you would say, builds a pretty great bridge into my likes. Are we ready to move into the like section? I think we're ready. Madeline, what did you like? I actually really liked Xander this episode. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Please. Okay, obviously I loved that he boiled his egg. I thought that was really smart. Um, He, I love that he had a whole side quest with Buffy. And didn't make her uncomfortable, didn't hit on her, didn't shame her for any of her sexual pursuits. Like, whoa, I know this is new. It is new. They like had a whole side quest together. They woke woke up in a closet, passed out together. And I thought, surely he's going to make a comment. But he didn't. And so that was just really refreshing. And so in a because he wasn't making comments toward Buffy that made her uncomfortable, it like allowed me to appreciate him more and appreciate his humor. So there's like this moment when Xander, they're like going into the mine <laughs> under the school where the, you know, Mama Bazaar is. And he's as careful as Buffy's going through. And then like he goes through and he trips and falls like on his face. And I, <laughs> that was funny. And right. It was funny because he wasn't being patronistically protective. Exactly. Uh. It was endearing, and I I want more of that, Xander. Yeah, you're right. That's why he was so bearable and, dare I say, enjoyable. Yeah, Ugh. definitely. Oh, <laughs> Andy goes, when when Buffy is describing the mechanism through which these bazaars control their hosts, and she says, the offspring then attach themselves to a host taking control of their motor function through neural clamping. And Xander goes, neural clamping. That sounds skippable, <laughs> which was just funny. Like, he was just great. Yeah, I enjoyed him yeah. this episode. What did you like, Keita? I liked that everyone was just making out all the time, that Angel and Buffy were just kissing when they were supposed to be hunting. I think, and here's why. It sort of just reminded me of when I was younger and I was like yes the pinnacle of a physical relationship is making out all the time like yes there is nothing more you're so just make out all the time and it looks like you know given that they like went all the way down to the floor Xander and Cordy might be doing a little more than making out great Cordelia seems to be you know left hints that she has had sex before great go her um Angel and Buffy are just kissing sweet as I was watching, I was like, and what now? And if I were a kid, I would have been like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just fun to have that reminder. Totally. Yeah, you're so right. I love that. Oh. Madeline, anything you disliked on this episode? Yes. So once again, I'm reminded of the whiteness of the show. 
I'm noticing a trend that if there is a black man on screen, he will be incapacitated within a minute. And often they the character won't even have any lines. This time he said, anyone down here or something to that effect? And that's it. Additionally, we had the presence of a black woman. Cordelia, as she's talking to her friends, she uh, looks over her shoulder, sees a woman, a black woman named Shanice, and she goes, Shanice, is that your real hair? And then, like, Shanice stops and is smiling and talking with Cordelia, especially Shanice's reaction of just, like, being, like, happy to talk to Cordelia. It just feels very much like that interaction was written by a white person. (laughs) Right. And... Like, white people are still going up to black women and asking to touch their hair and asking if it's real. And that is so inappropriate. It's no. What about you? What did you just like? This is more of, you know, putting myself in the show. But I thought it was a bummer to see Buffy have to put up with so much from Joyce. I felt for Buffy, I felt like the frustration, like the no mom, I'm busy, sort of. But like, she's actually busy. I just feel bad for Buffy that... She's now having her parental unit clamped down even more. Shit's about to hit the fan, probably, so she's probably about to get some more stuff from Giles, wanting more from her. And uh, it's just a bummer to see her caught up between these two things and her two worlds, like her identity as a daughter and her identity as a slayer, once again, at odds. Uh, yeah. And, and she does well. You know, I have to say, she does well. She doesn't argue with her mom too much, which is probably good. There's, there was a maturity in there also. Yeah, an acceptance. So, advice. I would like to give some advice to Angel this episode. We haven't talked oh. about it much, um, but when Angel and Buffy are in the graveyard, ostensibly hunting vamps, but truly just making out with each other, it comes up that Buffy is taking care of this egg and it sparks a conversation between Angel and Buffy about kids and Angel's Angel being sterile and not being able to have kids and I thought it was a little I I was like uncomfortable with Angel trying to initiate this conversation about whether they should have kids oh Buffy is not even 17 yet you know, he's kind of he was the one initiating this conversation, kind of forcing her to react to his saying, I don't have the ability to have kids. Like, that's not what Buffy was saying. Buffy was like, maybe I want to have kids someday. But she wasn't saying like, I want them with you. She didn't say that. <laughs> um, and like, then she does make the comment, like, when I see the future, all I see is you, which is like a very beautiful thing and true for when you're 16. That's like how you feel about the, your significant other when you're really in love and like, I thought that she was keeping it at like a normal level. Uh, like I feel like she was having a normal conversation and then he was trying to like bring it to like a different yeah. space that I think was unnecessary. And I just wanted to give him some advice to chill out. You don't have to like force Buffy to decide whether she wants to have kids right now. Right. I think you're so right. Buffy's comment is so normal for a teenager and her first love. Right. Yeah. So that's my advice to Angel. Just uh, chill out a little bit and don't like act so brand new. You know, I don't know. (laughs) You're like old as fuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't act so brand new. (laughs) I love that. (sighs) (laughs) 
What about you? What an advice do you have for the characters? Sure. I just would love to see Xander and Cordelia sit down, have a talk, uh, maybe work through why they're repulsed by each other, why they don't want their friends to know, or they can just keep making out in closets. I'm not telling them what's right. I'm just suggesting that maybe there's another way. I think they should have a conversation instead of keep turning the light off and on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't seem sustainable. It doesn't. <laughs> right. Like so many things could be happening while they're turning that light off and on. They should just decide. so much for listening to this episode of that slayer show if you enjoyed this episode please uh share it with people leave us a review on apple podcasts follow our instagram at that slayer show if you have any questions comments or concerns send us an email that slayer show at gmail.com thank you to holly colvin who created our amazing cover art and this podcast was inspired by harry potter and the sacred text we'll be back next week Season 2, episode 13. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, my God. Look at that.